So, in our last session, uh, you had great optimism. What happened? Something terrible happened. And just what was so terrible that you needed to see me so soon after our last appointment? I... I traded... I traded five to Pritters after round one. Hmm. Yes, that is... Concerning. Um, well, you must understand that the past is something that can't be altered. You must accept this, and by accepting it, you will again find freedom in the choices that you make. Every new move will open new doors in the future. However, I think your case may be too complex for me to handle. I'd like to refer you to a colleague of mine, another doctor... Uh, my colleague is the best doctor that there is for your condition. Um, I'm also prescribing you two podcasts a week, one for Mondays and uh, one for Friday mornings. We seem to be out of time. We'll speak again very soon. You're on with the Dr. Supercoach podcast. What a week it's been. Doc's been putting out articles left, right and centre. You've seen the break-evens, the fringe benefit players. This is Chizo again on here with Houston. How are you going there, Houston? Yeah, not bad, mate. I, um, I'm going pretty good, actually. But this week, slaughtered with injuries, as uh, probably many are. <laughs> Yeah, same here, man. I've got them left, right, and centre, and it it's making it difficult because I'm one that started out with um, without Tom Papley, and I've got to try and figure out exactly do I want to get him in for you know like a Barlow type, which just seems like a crazy move, or do I get rid of Gresham or someone like that and do a DPP switch? Oh, it's all up in the air. I'm probably going to decide five minutes before lockout on Friday. I know it's been all week. I've been <laughs> up down up down I'd, like the first trade i did i was like all right that's gonna stay like that and that sat there but <laughs> it never stays <laughs> barlow's just playing on my mind i don't know what to do about him well that's the most playing he's doing because he's not playing on the field he must be playing <laughs> somewhere true point Good yeah point. oh that's another thing we're going to touch off dur- uh, during the podcast along with Rockcliffe and players like this um just a bit of a weekly recap uh we had some really good footy over the weekend i personally Almost came to tears uh, when Essendon got up over Melbourne, particularly because I got some good friends that go for Melbourne. We have a bit of banter left, right, and centre whenever we play. And I think the um, the missus actually said to me, "It's the happiest she's ever seen me." And it was after Essendon <laughs> won because my boy Darcy Parish, the new poster boy in our bedroom, is uh, just absolutely jetting it. And you know, I I I, I know you can't get a uh, a backdated rising star for the first round, but you know I'm happy with the second round, even though he he definitely better than Oliver in the first round. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He, um, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that they um, they actually got up. It was, I think I said it the other night. I think it's going to be the best game for the season for them. Well, it, it, we've said the last couple of weeks. This game's going to be good. This game's going to be good. We said uh, Swans and Collingwood was going to be a great game. It was a blowout. Yep. And then we said the showdown was going to be a great game. It was a blowout. 
That's so it. basically what we're saying is if Houston and I suggest a game's going to be close, make sure you go and put your money on one team to win by 80 points. The over. Take the over every Take time. the over because we're going to get it wrong. <laughs> Good at Supercoach, bad at tipping. That's it. Yeah, it's a horrible week. Horrible week for <laughs> um, for going tipping-wise. I, I, I've given up tipping already this year. So yeah, let's get too. into it. All right. Um, so, how did the uh, the Doctor Supercoach group looking now, mate? I, I did hear that um, the number one uh, league in Supercoach is actually a Doctor Supercoach um, fan club. Yeah, yeah. I got an email from um, one of our blokes the other day, and um, yeah, number one. I could not believe it. That's that's amazing. For I think it was number one for the week that they um, finished up and gave yeah. a big shout out on Facebook. So that was. Yeah, I think they, they like that. But, um, yeah, all Dr. Supercoach boys, they made it very specific. So, good on you, blokes. Yeah, and it's nice to see that Dr. Supercoach is number one in something because I can tell you right now, <laughs> with the amount of injuries that I'm having, I'm not going to be coming number one in anything. If you just wait, it's a, it's, it's a marathon, guys, okay? Don't be burning through trades too quickly because you're going to need them at the end of the season and that's where I come back, trust me. That's it. Some it's people a long game. bloody 26 trades. I know, it's, it's absolutely insane. I've still got 29, and the one that I've used is, you know, we'll talk touch on it a bit later. I've held some injuries just because I know we're going to need these players at some point. We're going to need these trades at some point, and it's about time I had some trades coming into finals. <laughs> That's it. That's it, and cash generation. That's exactly. It. Alrighty, so, yeah, on the, um, the group as well, we have a new group leader. It is Gus. And his nickname, or team name, sorry, is TravJackinit.gif. <laughs> <laughs> TravJackinit.gif uh, scored, I think he scored 22.52. He's currently averaging 2,324. Absolutely nice destroying done. it. Uh, he's ranked 278 overall in the comp. So, yeah, hopefully he can keep it up. Hopefully okay. Trav can keep it up as well. Yeah, exactly. He's going to want to need it too. That's it. That's it. Well, all right, let's jump straight into the teams, champion. We've got Port Adelaide and Essendon on the Friday night game. I don't know how the top-up bombers got a Friday night game, but um, that's a different that. story. You you got the ins and outs there um, for that game there, Houston? Yeah, yeah. So Port Adelaide, Carl Lamont, Paul Stewart, and Darcy Byrne-Jones, which is the big one. Yep. Um, the outs, Dougal Howard, Alipade Carlisle, and my boy, Chad Wingard. What a yeah. pain. That's going to hurt um, your forward line, isn't it? Yep, that's it. Uh, no change for Essendon, but... Because they're so good, you see. <sighs> Mate, come on. Um, Darcy Byrne-Jones, he's one that's been on the the, the watch list, I guess, for some, some people during the preseason. What do you know about him? Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones is a mature age um, player. He got picked up in the 2013 draft, I think, pick 50-odd, 50 two or three or something like that. So he's he's touching uh, early 20s, 2021. 20, and so the last few years, he's just been playing in the Sandful League for the Port Adelaide um, affiliate side over there. Yeah. He averages uh, about 15 touches a game, disposal efficiency at about 71%, um, which is not too bad, but he, he does lack in quite a few areas. He's, a, you know, he's only an average ball winner for a small running defender. Um, and, you know, he gets his possessions on the outside as most uh, running defenders do. Yeah. Um, but he struggles with his ball use. And this is the thing I'm trying to get across. Everyone, you know, was jumping on him in the preseason. Um, but his kicking efficiency is below average in just the Sandful League. 
He That's know, it. and he he rates below average for tackles, intercept marks. Um, but he he's a spoiler. He rates above average for spoils. So he's one of those players that he'll get you fifteen touches. And uh, but he if he he doesn't take marks, he doesn't do tackles. You know where is the other points going to come from? And, you know, Port Adelaide are one of these teams that are really trying to you know bounce back and push for that top eight and go heavy into finals. I'm just not. You know, Alapade Kylile came out, you know, um, I, I kind of feel like that's almost a swap. You know, yeah. um, Darcy Byrne-Jones is only 181 centimetres, 75 kilos. He's not that big, um, you know, defender like Carlisle is. Um, but I just don't see him holding down a spot in the long term. He might play a few games together and get a little bit of cash, but I can't justify two trades, one to get him in, then one to get him out for the minimal cash he's probably going to make. Yeah, that's it. It's a uh, Gresham Gresham situation probably exactly, you know, on, yeah. the, on the horizon. So um, a lot of people digging him in the preseason, but yeah, not for mine. Yeah, I, I think that was more just because we didn't know who which rookies to get. That that that's that's my point of view anyway. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so looking at the rest of the game, yeah, there's not not too much. Nothing's really changed. So the only yeah, you got the emergency still Bird Simkin Grimley. So. Yeah, um, no change from the Bombers. That's their first win, last win for the season. So let's uh, <laughs> <Right-o>. <laughs> go the. Uh, we'll the, knock off Carlton, mate. Don't you worry. No, I know it's going to be a painful, painful. Darcy Parish and Cripper in the centre against each other. You know the number three for Essendon is going to come through, mate. Parish every day of the week. Mate. Let us know in the comments below exactly which one you think is going to go. Um, obviously, you side with Cheeso because Parish is a jet. Um, finish that goal in the last quarter just to knock Melbourne off. I, Come I can't. Off I can't. <laughs> Leave it alone. We don't need this in the podcast. People are going to tune out. I'm like Trev, just jacking it. Okay, let's move on to the next game. <laughs> All right, Saints, oh, Saints Collingwood, go for yeah, it. I'll take this one. Uh, Jay Gresham, obviously out for St Kilda. He's an absolute ball-winning gun, but he's only 177 centimetres, so he's still got that small body in his first year, and he's just trying... He's finding it hard to try and get that that pill and actually you know it's hard when Saints are losing by um, you know that they had a good run in their first round but second round coming up against a quality outfit in the Bulldogs you know he just couldn't get his hand on the ball you know this guy is a, a ball magnet so it's it's someone that he's someone that you probably are gonna see him come back later on in the year and he's just gonna jet it uh, yep. It's just an initi- initiation phase at the moment, like that. Um, yeah. So just keep an eye on him. He's not. He, if you've got other pertinent trades to get out, um, I'd be dealing with that first rather than dumping a Jay Gresham. But you can understand people dumping him for like a Papley or something like that if you've got the DPP open. Yeah, um, that was my move this week. Couldn't, yeah, so. yeah, same here. Um, Darren yeah. Darren Mitchington comes in. Um, on the Collingwood side of things, they've had quite a few changes. McCaffer omitted, Corey Galt omitted, Jackson Ramsey's just done his ACL. It's only come out in the last couple of hours, and Bloody he hell. was yeah he was really pushing for um, a, a solid twenty two spot for Collingwood, but um, you know obviously with his knee they're going to have to restructure a little bit. And Jack Frost has been omitted as well. Those coming in, Braden Maynard coming in, Jeremy Howe for his first game, the uh, Melbourne Demons convert. Uh, Tyson Goldsack, the veteran, comes back in, um, and Matthew Goodyear. Do you have anything on on Matty Good there, there, Houston? I don't know too much about him, to be honest. Goodyear tires. He's um, <laughs> I I don't uh, looking at him. I don't reckon he's he's quite ready. Um, yeah, yeah. 
it might be a bit of a wait and see approach. He struggles in some crucial areas, so yep. um, pressure, uh, tackling, ball winning ability. So yeah, I'd stay away from him from now. See if he keeps his spot in the team. He could be a, a slow slow burner. Um, just raise casually, but yeah, I, I'm staying away from him at the moment until we see what he's got. Yeah, I don't really see him being a long-term prospect in this team anyway. Like, um, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him in a fantasy football kind of thing, but he might be beneficial to a Collingwood side at some point. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, Your boy Tom Lee sitting in the emergencies again. Oh, man, I, I don't know why I kept him in there. This is the <laughs> biggest rookie move of the year. Why I didn't leave Hartley in there? They both weren't playing. I knew they both weren't playing. And I didn't leave Hartley in there. Now Hartley's a gun, and I'm probably going to be forced to burn a trade. I don't know, just the one mistake of the year, I reckon, that's going to haunt me all year. You even said it on the pod, don't dump Hartley. What'd you do? You went completely against your own words. It was... Always. What do you do? Yep, always dump, dump Hartley straight away. (laughs) See he's not playing, panic. See that Tom Tom Lee is an emergency and go, ooh, Mm. he's got to be good. But he's on the fringe, so he's going to get a game soon, particularly yeah, with his bloody hope so. Yeah. All right, Richmond and Adelaide Crows. Have you got the uh, the excessive changes for the uh, Tigers there, mate? Yeah, the um, the injury Tigers. Oh, oh sorry. Um, the ins are Troy Chaplin, Daniel Rioli, uh, Shane Edwards, and Ben Lemon. Oh, Ben Lemon, same thing. Ben Lennon. Um, <laughs> the outs are Dylan Grimes, Taylor Hunt, Jacob Townsend, Jacob Townsend and Ben Griffiths. So the only real relevant in, I'd say, super coach wise cash cows, probably Daniel Rioli for those yep. who picked him up, but have probably already dropped him. Yeah. And then um, Shane Edwards for anyone who's got him as a POD or wants to add him as a POD after you see how he goes. Yep. So obviously Troy Chaplin comes in to shore up that back line because um, the, I don't know how they, they, seem to relinquish these leads late in games all the time. It, it, it seems to seems to be a common theme behind Richmond. I don't know if it's a leadership thing or they run out of gas, but it just seems to happen so often that they have close games and find a way to lose them. Collingwood shouldn't have won that game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care Bucks came out and said, oh, you know, we were in, in it to win it. Richmond yeah. lost it. Yeah, they had it. they had 10 brain explosions or something like that in like the last three minutes of the final quarter that just led to goals. Like, yeah, and Bro, uh, Brody Grundy wasn't even marked by um, his uh, Sean Hampson. Sean Hampson was 10 metres away from him. Yeah. That's either. inexcusable, you know. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Uh, gave away the game. Yeah, Daniel Rioli, he's a good kid. Um, he's going to be a small forward that they'll try and get as many games into as they can. Shane Edwards obviously um, has turned into a gun in the last couple of years. And Ben Lennon is a, a high, I think it was pick 13 a few years ago, um, something around that, that number anyway. And he's, a, he's another really quality player that's been kind of uh, miffing to me as to why he hasn't been getting a game. But he, he comes in and you know he's been tearing up the VFL. So hopefully he brings some, uh, some class to the Richmond side. Yeah, agreed. Um... Adelaide with no changes. Brody Smith playing his 100th game. So yep. hopefully for those who went with him, he racks up 100. Um, good to see Brad Crouch hasn't been dropped yet. Um, yeah. he's, he's slowly improving. You've got to remember he hasn't played any preseason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I've always I've got faith in him. I think he's he's going to be pretty good. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it was never going to be a Libba, Libba situation for mm. me. Um, yeah, Crouch is going to take a little bit to get, get back into it. 
All right, cool. All right, Swans and Giants. I'll run through this one. We've got, uh, for the Swans, Ben McGlynn comes in, and this is the one we were touching on during the week. If um, this kind of veteran player comes in, who's going to drop out? Is it going to be Papley? Is it going to be Hewitt? Is it going to be Callum Mills? It was Dean Towers, okay? So <laughs> at, at this stage, you know, Towers, and you've got um, Robinson as well for... Um, uh, for Sydney, you know, there's a couple guys that are on the fringe before these guys. Remember Hewitt, a lot of people are getting worried about Hewitt's job security. Like, he's obviously quite close to the edge of that 22, yeah. but he's done that um, apprenticeship. He's done that two years, averaging 25 touches um, in the kneeful. He is a jet. Just You know, his first game showed exactly what he can do. His second game, he only got 40 points, but he had five clangers. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So j- just remember, he had the ex- pretty much the same possession, same tackles, same kicks, all these kind of things. But it's those clangers, those minus fives, those those um, um, all these ones that take away from the point scoring that actually brought him down. If he didn't have those clangers, like in the first round, you know, and he kicks one more goal, he's, he's another ton. Yeah. So it. don't be jumping off him too quick. Um, Agreed. Obviously, Papley, small forward, he. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is Gary Rowan comes off the long-term injury list in three weeks. Ooh, does he? Yeah, so um, it'd be interesting if Papley goes back onto the rookie list or they put um, Talia onto the onto the uh, long-term injury list because his foot injury is having him out for between 7 and 11 weeks or something like that. So it could, it could be something we, we don't really need to worry about. It's just something to keep an eye on. Um, uh, Joel Patful has come in for a game for the Giants out for Caleb Marchbank who's hurt his ankle uh, yep. Marchbank came off an absolute smashing start to the year and everyone was oh get him in get him in um, <laughs> yeah but any any uh, experienced um, super coach coach wouldn't have been worrying too much about that um, Toby Green named in the guts this week he came back came back with a vengeance last he, week uh, far out week, he did sorry. We said last week on the pod, you, you know, if you've got him, just give him another week. And that was good advice because he came out and he had 34 touches, uh, basically got leather poisoning and, and was had a, a reasonable efficiency by foot um, as well that, you know, um, helped tear the game open during the centre when um, Geelong were really, really trying to make use of their excessive inside 50s that they had. Yeah, he killed it. He killed it. There was, um, yeah, there was no doubt that he was going to come back come back well so um mm. yeah it shows what what the i guess the gauge you can get on football is after one round even two rounds so hold yeah. your bloody horses yeah you and it, it was reason. it was a clear role change as well i did have a look at the heat maps and in the first game he was uh pretty much forward 50 and running up to the center line spent some center bounces in there in the second game his possessions were all in towards the defensive half of the field he yep. had a lot of center bounces a lot of um get out pocket kicks in the back line linking up to the half back line um so it was a definite role change so he could go back to that half forward running role but seeing him named in the guts probably means he's got the same role this week yeah that's it. yeah but obviously um, you can't can't really tell that from from teams yeah exactly right um there's not like, not too much else yeah to look no at. let's jump across yeah cool uh west coast and frio so Another pretty pretty nothing ins and outs for this. We've got Chris Maston in and Jamie Bennell out, mm-hmm. who's been admitted for West Coast. And then Frio, you've got Matt DeBoer. Is that how you say it? DeBoer, yeah. DeBoer. And then Clancy Pierce out with a hammy. Uh, would have made a difference last year, but not this year. Mm. Um, 
Fife is life. Shout out to Lekdog. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not too sure what else to come out of this game. I know that obviously the question on everyone's lips is how Barlow's going to do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping faith. Mm. He's named in the guts for the second successive week. And we did put a post out about Barlow's heat maps today in the first game where everyone said he was sputting it. Remember, they got flogged by the Bulldogs. They didn't have... No, even Fife didn't get the ball. Yep. Barlow played as a, a, a pure centre, like he did in the NAB, like Ross saying he was going to. And that was surprising when I saw the heat map. He spent very, very little time in the forward line. That's the it. second game against Gold Coast... He was almost used as exclusively as a half forward. He only attended three centre bounces, and none of them were after half time when the game was on the line. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just, I just, he's not going to average sixty for the bloody year. He'll, it's um, Michael Barlow. He's one yeah. of the greatest fantasy football players we've ever had. His rookie year, what did he average? Hundred and ten or something like that. Ridiculous. Like, yeah. yeah, he's not. You can't keep him down. I, I think he. Um, I could be wrong, but I think he might go for 100, 110 this week. Yeah. Big call. Big call. Hopefully is it, is it one it of the up. things where we come out and say this is going to be a ripping game and it's another blowout? I don't know if we use that yeah, on this maybe. game. I'm going to come out and say it's going to be a ripping game, the showdown. Yeah, cool. And um, we'll say the ripping game, I reckon it's going to be very close. And uh, who have I tipped? I've tipped Frio, so I'll go West Coast to uh, run away with it in the end. <laughs> by 80 points like last yeah, time. by 80 <laughs> points. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully Frio will get up. All right. Another showstopper. This is actually one I'm keen to have a look at. Just to see the development of the two sides. It's the Suns and your boys, the Blues. Da, 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 <laughs> I don't da, think we'll be hearing da, da. that. I've tipped the Suns. They're coming on with some really great form. And Aaron Hall, everyone's favourite bandwagon player. Um, oh, I don't even know you can call him a bandwagon player. He's actually a Jet now. Yeah, he's killing it now, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he's... Uh, you know, he basically took over for Ablett last week when Ablett was barely touching it in the second half. Yeah, that's it. And um, he, I, I don't know what it is about Aaron Hall. He, like, in, in the start, he came out firing round one and two. And obviously last year as well, he, he was killing it. But um, i still got my reservations, of course. Um, but, yeah. yeah, you can't deny the form he's been in. So it There's was enough a, evidence to back him in now. Yeah, exactly right. Um, okay. Looking from going from Barlow to him, I just, I want to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know if I can. Question I'll, for another, I'll get him in another way. An answer for another time. But yeah. um, ins and outs, yeah, go through them. You've gone through. Yeah, Matt Rosa comes back in. As we said last week, he'll probably miss the game after this one because he's always injured that bloke. Um, Callum Archie goes out through illness. I don't know what kind of illness, unfortunately. Um, on the Carlton side of things, you've got uh, Dylan Buckley, Mark Wiley coming back in, Andreas Everett uh, going out, Simon White going out, Jed Lamb going out. And an interesting one um, coming in, another one of those kind of hype players that we've had over the preseason is Burn. Yeah. Burn, the now, Irishman. Yeah, he's a rookie from um, from Ireland, obviously, being an Irishman, thanks, Phil. Um, yeah. Well done, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but unlike most Irish recruits, his kicking actually actually isn't a strong point. It's something that I, I've noticed about him. Um, I was looking up his kicking efficiency. He's only averaging 47% in the VFL. He's a he's a qualified butcher, so he can go down and get steaks, yeah, scotch it, fillets. His kicking efficiency is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I am... Um, 
he's a wait and see for me. Another wait and see. Yeah, everyone's kind of. I, I don't think in like in Supercoach you'd be jumping on him until he's at least on the bubble. But even then, I'm really not expecting much from him. Yeah, yeah, me either. Hopefully, uh, Blue Baggers get a win. But um, yeah, yeah, not too much else. I yeah. know that. Um, uh, Chad Lamb being injured that um, some people had him as a little point of difference rookie in the forward line I'm not yeah not recommending him but yeah be good to see Paddy Cripps uh, up against G Ablett get those mm. guys watch Paddy Cripps tail up Gaz and two number nines go at it the best number nine in the industry Paddy Cripps come on guys righto terrible uh, Ryan Davis, obviously one of our bubble boys that everyone should have in their midfield. He gets another game, so he's going to be making us cash this week, um, which is really, really good for our side of things uh, because, you know, cash is this entire game and you need to make the most of it and, you know, he's, he's one that you should all should have. So moving on to the uh, Ds and the Kangaroos at Bluntstone Arena. Bloody cold in Tassie, I'll tell you that for sure. Tassie, bloody hell. Um, you got... Ins for Kangaroos, Scott D. Thompson, Trent Dumont and Aaron Mullet. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yep. And Melbourne, you've got Lyndon Dunn, Billy Strit, Billy Stretch, Sam Frost, Jack Grimes and Josh Wagner. Um, out is Angus Brayshaw and Colin Garland. New, Josh Wagner. So he um, he's a guy that I, I think he has pretty good potential and mm-hmm. I'm sort of sort of happy to see that he's been named. Now, he has been named on an extended bench, so it's pending whether he actually gets the game, but um, he looks promising. He's a, he's a good ball winner, great intercept marker, does really well for contested possessions and tackles. Uh, so if he, I reckon if he stays in his role, he's going to be a good jump-on option in a, in a couple of weeks, but... Um, see if he gets a game first and then go from there, I reckon. And he is a, a defender, isn't he? Yeah, yes, 121k defender. So. Yeah, so definitely one to look at as a downgrade option by the time he's on the bubble. Spoiled for choice this year with defenders. Bloody yeah, hell. I wish They're it was in the midfield, though. Yeah. yeah, I know. We, yeah, um, and just, just to um, be aware that these are on extended benches. There's obviously seven named on the interchange, so a few will drop out, so he may not get his, his debut game. Um, but it's just one to keep an eye on is that he's been named. That's it. Uh, doggies and Hawks should be a good one, so a blowout. Bloody hell. What are, you, uh, what are you seeing from that one? This is going to be, for me, this is the game of the round because this is going to really tell us where the Bulldogs are at. Yes, That's they it. play some fast, sexy football, and it looks great, and they have high scores, and everyone's getting a ton of the ball, and you know they're the... They're going to go deep into finals, and we said this in the the preseason podcast that this is a team you really need to watch because their depth is ridiculous. Yeah, that coming up against a Hawthorne outfit with so many um, so many injuries, particularly in the midfield. You know this. You know if this is their chance to really grab a hold of the Hawks by you know by their jumper and say you know. We're going to bloody tear this game apart. And we're going to show everyone else in the competition that we are a serious, serious chance to go big in this year's finals. If they get up this week, if you had told me at the start of the year that the Doggies would have torn up Fremantle and beat Hawthorne by round three, I would have just said, yeah, whatever. But it's a a possibility. It could be a big game. I think Hawthorne will run away with it just... um, Experience, but the doggies—they've got—they've got real, real fight. They've, yeah, I like—I like watching them. They're an exciting team yeah. to watch. 
No real ins and outs. They've obviously got extended benches. Um, the big one for me is how is the you know three-time premiership side going to lock down on someone like Jason Johannesson that is just racking up the pill? Don't know how it's going to happen. He's are they going to go head to head on point. him? Do you think? Maybe it could it could be, um, but uh, it's it's hard to tell because he he's just such a versatile player and he's hard to like. Obviously, it's hard to keep under control. He's just he's so quick that you'd have to run like I can see the team set up. You got Isaac Smith on Isaac Smith on him, mm. um, but like obviously that that's not how it always goes into yep. games. But yeah, you're gonna have to have someone pretty quick on him or or someone playing a defensive role on him because yeah, you can. He can tear away and just get the ball straight down the ground. So, I personally don't really see him being that 100-plus average for the rest of the year. No, no chance. I, I think teams are going to be like, this guy is getting gaining so many metres and he's so efficient and he's so damaging, particularly coming out of that back 50. They, they're going to not so much put a forward tag, but they're just going to block his exit, yeah, if that makes sense. I, I just I kind of feel like... You know, like if they, but it, that's the thing with Bulldogs. This is what we're talking about depth. They block Johannesson, then they've got Matty Suckling, then they've yeah. got Shane Biggs, who is Shane Biggs is a real, real smoky. You really like if he was rookie priced, he would be. You could back him in at D two. This guy is going sneakily under the radar, averaging twenty nine touches so far this year as a mid priced yeah, defender. And he kills VFL and the knee for the last five years. He is an absolute gun. He just finds a pill. So just keep an eye on Shane Biggs, um, particularly if you're looking for someone sneaky in the back line um, as a downgrade option for whatever reason. You're sideways someone from here to here. Really keep an eye on him because he, he could be that one that goes under everyone's radar and averages 90 for the year. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Um... Final... Uh, um, thoughts on game. that one? I don't really have many thought, many other thoughts on that. I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Ooh, yeah, I think the doggies could. They've they've come in firing. I think they could take it away. I I do agree with that. Cool. Um, yeah, see how we go. But yeah, good to see the doggies get up. Right. Uh, next game we've got Geelong and Brisbane at Skilled Stadium. Mm. Uh, in we've got Daniel Menzel, Nakai Cockatoo. George Holland-Smith. We've got out Jordan Murdoch for Geelong. Mm-hmm. The big in for them is Tommy Ruggles. Um, Ruggles. Obviously, yeah, the the cheapest rookie of the um, preseason in the defence that everyone had in. Mm-hmm. 102K. Won the best and fairest for Geelong in the VFL last yep. year. Elevated this week, so um, it's good to see him on, on the list. He's... Um, he actually hasn't been named on the extended bench. He's been named on the field, which yep. is massive. Back so, pocket. Yep, confirm that he's going to probably get a game. He's an absolute jet in intercept marks and intercept possessions, which With, are... What, um, just gold. In, yeah, in exactly right. Super Great coach. for super coach. Um, got an awesome foot, and he's he's actually a little bit older than a, an average rookie. He's 24, so um, he could be pretty promising if the role's yeah. solid for him so I'm excited to see what he can do and that's exactly right because he had an absolute ripping game in the VFL last week in their final practice hit out um, for the Geelong side I think he had 25 touches like 10 tackles or you know something like that something or 10 marks something ridiculous like that he, um, in Supercoach it would have been one 120 or something like that I've been hearing so um, he is 
definitely going to have the chops for the AFL football. Just keep an eye on him. Obviously, you wait for him to come onto the bubble, give him a couple of weeks. But yep. obviously, if you've held him since the start, um, he was a really, really big one. Um, that's yeah. probably going to pay you back in spades. That's it. Um, Brisbane side of things, Mitch Robinson's come back in for yep. those ones that had him as a point of difference. Mm-hmm. Probably got rid of him by now because it probably looked like a two to three weeker, but he's back in now. Um, Nick Robertson is in as well as Liam Dawson and Billy Evans. The biggest out, arguably, of the round. Oh, well, not even arguably. Tom Rockliffe. <sighs> he's out with the calf. He's done it again. He has managed to do it again. Two, I reckon I wasted three trades on him last year. And uh, this year, I'm not letting it happen again. He's um, staying on my bloody bench, and I'm not letting him move until someone else comes up or he gets back on the bloody field. I'm being stubborn. Yeah, well, this is a, this is the thing. He He's a kamikaze bloke that always gets injured. But in the final five rounds last year after he got over his final injuries, he was the highest supercoach scoring player across the whole competition. And that's finals. That, that's that, when you're in finals. You know, you, you have that as a point of difference coming into finals. This is a guy that is probably going to drop in price and you can pick him up cheaper. Um, it's interesting a lot of people that are kind of going a Tommy Rockcliffe down to, um, say, or sideways into a Parker, riding Parker's price-wise price rise and then getting Rockcliffe back in towards um, the end of the season yeah yeah it's a it's a good point it's um look it's hard to say what what the best option is going to be at the moment I think if he's mm. like I, I'm for myself keeping him there but um, yeah we'll see we'll go through that a little bit later yeah it's one that's going to divide the community and it's going to divide um, people's seasons whichever choice you make there's going to be a very obvious um, it's going to be obvious in six rounds time I'll tell you what but yeah, you've really just kind of everyone's asking and inboxing and commenting what do we do with Rockliffe what do we do with Rockliffe what do we do with Rockliffe and it's one of those things that you really need to have a reason you can't just trade Rockliffe out because another guy's trading Rockliffe out you can't trade this person to that person because someone told you that it was good you really need to kind of look into it and know what you're doing this is a guy that's averaged in a, a poor team, 113 and 109 in years. Two yep. years ago, he went 132. <laughs> For an average over the season. For the entire season. And That's de- banking. Defen- banking that. Yeah. Defensively, last year, even though he had a, a poor year, he still ranked second in the competition for pressure points, averaging 8.1 tackles a game. You know, like, this is a guy that... Even if he's getting five touches a game, but he's back at full fitness and he is running through the midfield, which is what he'll do once he's fit. Yep. Okay, remember he didn't have a preseason. That's why he's had limited time rotations in the centre. This is a guy that is going to rack up fifty points just in tackles. Yeah, effective agreed. tackles. Like if he get once he gets his fitness back, and you haven't had to use three trades to try and get him out, then back in, and then sideways him and. The, the, He's going to be a guy that if you have him, people are going to look at your lineups on game day and go, "Crap, he's got Tom Rockliffe, and he, That's you know, it. he's I'm a hundred points in front, but he's got Tom Rockliffe to play. I'm going to lose this for sure." Two trades burnt, getting him back in. Exactly. Blah blah blah. So you know, it's 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 about yeah. you know early pain for later gain. That's it. And um, it, so, yeah, so yeah. I, I I'm going to hold on to him. What are you going to do? I'm holding him for the moment. Yeah. Um, not 
not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm undecided at the moment. I want to kind of see if someone around him, such as a Pendles or Pritis or uh, someone similar, mm. has a few bad weeks in a row, yep. drops down to around his price, and I don't have to sort of waste any money to get him in. I guess and look yeah. at him as sort of like a a stepping stone as such. If, if that's if he doesn't come mm. back. I'm, I'm hoping that he's back in a couple of weeks and yep. then I don't have to even worry about using a trade and I've got one more trade in the rest of the community. So And the thing, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, guys, that while he's not playing, he's not dropping in price. That's it. He's at a, it's a, the best time for him to actually get injured because it's before, just before the price decreases. Exactly. So, yeah, um, keep your options open. Yeah. I think that's it for yeah. the teams. Speaking of uh, other people you should have hold. Uh, sort of held. Let's go back to Houston. We have a problem recap from last week. Five. This week he's been traded out 3,359 times. This is a player that won the Brownlow last year. Do not panic. We do not have a problem here. Keep him in. You were pretty adamant about holding Fife last week. How do you think that turned out? That's how the pros do it, mate. How the pros do it. We said you don't trade the Brownlow medalist on one week's performance. Yeah. Then you chuck your captain on him, and then you look what happens, and then you have to trade him back in if you've got him out. So Exactly. You don't do it. And we were very adamant on it. And we we actually had someone inboxed saying, um, look, I'm going against the grain. I'm going to do like a um, an out of the box maneuver. I'm going to go um, a, a five to Pritis because Pritis is going to increase in price, and then I'll go Pritis back to five, and it'll be, I'll, I've made a hundred thousand dollars. How's that going for you now? Pickle. It looks <laughs> like he's an actual. Um, that person's actually been. He's a, at Woolworths at the moment. At Coles, he's actually in a jar with vinegar around him, and he he's uh, resembling a green pickle. He's pickled. So, yeah, you're buggered. <laughs> what happens? It's what happens if you trade out five. What, what else did you expect? Yeah, and now he's got Pritis uh, coming up against Frio, who only averages 92 against Frio across his entire career. So, he, I, I don't feel like he's getting out of that jar anytime soon. No, stay in there. Okay. Um, All right, and we'll jump into this week's Houston, We Have a Problem. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, We Have a Problem. Yes, we do have a problem, but I'm going to hold him. It's Barlow. Barlow. Barlow, yes. Michael Barlow. So there was an article that was up on the Dr. Supercoach website during the week, and Michael Barlow, obviously, he's had a crap start. He's averaging bloody 60 at the moment. He's he's another one of those, if he started poor, you're not going to trade him out when he's 60. I know that his price is still the same, so it's still at 500k. If you feel the real need to trade him out, go for it. But I'm saying hold him. He's not. He's the law of averages. He's not going to average 60 or 70 for the year. No His lowest average is about not, low 90s. Think about 93 or 94. He's not going to revert that badly that he just all of a sudden averages bloody nothing. My, uh, Ross Lyons come out during the week as well and said they've got to make changes. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, my personally, I'm, I'm not getting rid of him. And I think there's a problem there where everyone thinks, oh, his price is going to drop, this and that. But 
if you see him being a top ten to top ten forward at the end of the year, just keep him there. Don't waste a trade on him. And I'll, I'll point this out. Oh, you hear people say, oh, he's probably going to only average 90 for the year. Well, the thing is, he's averaging 60 now. So if he's going to average 90 for the year, he's probably yep. averaging from here on out 100. That's it. You know, and the thing is, in the first half of last year, he averaged 80. And in the last 12 games last year, he averaged 100 in this half forward role. So it's, for me, it's a form thing because he, he, he smashed the nab in the new role. And then, and then in NAB 3, when all the big guns came back, Mundy, Fife, Neil, all these guys came back, he smashed it still. Yeah, okay? That's it. So the, the role that he has, he can still put up 90 to 100 scores. So if you think he's going to average 90 from here on out, and he's already averaging 60, he's probably going to average over the last 20 games, he's going to average 100, which is you're not looking at his overall average at the end of the year. You're looking from here until from this round, round three, until the end of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is Michael Barlow, and I, I just don't understand people that are trading Barlow to Papley because, you know, yes, you've got a bajillion dollars in your bank, one billion dollars, <laughs> but you, just gone backwards. You, you've lost a premium. Not only are you trading a premium out, you have to get another one back into coverage spot, and then it, you're losing trades by restructuring your side. Yep, exactly. When when the Barlow you've got will probably end up being the Barlow that you chose in the first place. Yeah. You, if you had a looked, done your research and seen over the last few years, he's never been, like last year he was very inconsistent, but he managed to produce the big scores. And I think that it's, if you're going for league wins or you're going for rankings, it, it kind of can separate people because league wins... You can be like, oh, I don't want to get him in. Maybe I'll get him in later in the year mm-hmm. because he's too inconsistent. Oh, but if you're going for overall rankings, it's the points are still going to be there. The points are going to be there all year round. Yep. So, so make your call. Choose what you're doing, and uh, that's that's my two cents, though. Yeah, and the big thing for me is Harley Bennell. Now he's obviously seeing specialists about his calf, um, and he's he's a, he's indefinite. The Ross line doesn't have a timeline. But for me, Michael Barlow is not a goal-kicking half-forward. Okay, yep. he's, he's a midfielder. He's only ever been a midfielder. That's all he's good at. I mean, it's not yep. all he's good at, but, you know, that's, that's, in AFL, that's his role. When Harley yeah, Bennell comes in, Harley Bennell is a goal-kicking midfielder. His benefit is on the attacking side of centre. Okay? So if Harley Bennell comes into the team... Does that push Barlow up the field further so that Harley can take advantage of that forward 50 arc running with the flow of the new quick game style they're going for? Like Everyone's saying, oh, they need Harley Bennell to do their new quick game style. But if Harley Bennell's running from behind the ball to help push it forward quickly, who's going to be up forward to be kicking the goals and things, which is what they're struggling with? Barlow's not a goal-kicking answer, but Harley Bennell is that high half forward slash midfielder that is able to kick goals. And I think I think if we hold Barlow, Harley Bennell comes back in, the team gels a little bit around this new game plan and, and, and stoppage setup. I think Barlow returns to being that more predominantly inside mid and Harley Bennell plays Bartel, uh, sorry, um, Barlow's current role. I, I, exactly. I agree. I agree. I um, 
yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, and everyone's going to have a different opinion about it. Um, but it's just, it, it's all about making a conversation. It's not, no one can t- tell exactly what's going to happen, but. I'm just suggesting that you guys out there need to see through see through things with a different lens because Michael Barlow has put up two sixties. Everyone's going to trade him out. Oh, I didn't have Hall. Let's get Hall. You know that's a very you know that's a, a very credible option. But you know Frio haven't started this badly to a season for a long time, and they're going to yeah. revert back to what they know to get them back to being you know top of the ladder like minor premiers last year. Exactly. So, right. you know, I, yeah. I, I, I really do see Barlow coming back. You know, he's not going to average 60 for the rest of the year, is he? No. No. No, no chance. No. So, move on from that. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. Just, that's mine. Yeah. Just my keep, two cents, our two cents. yeah. Keep your mind open. And, yeah, it's one of those things that if he keep, if he averages 80 for the year and he becomes a bust, I would be surprised. I'd be less surprised if he came back and rocked out 100 this week. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you've got some captaincy options for us. Yeah. So uh, I thought we'd just uh, run through a bit of captaincy uh, stuff this week because it, it's another week where we can try the uh, VC loophole. Okay. Yep. So for those that are holding Rockcliffe, Brisbane Lions are the last game of the round. So you can actually keep him on the field, put the captaincy on him, and, you know, put a, a, a VC on a Hanabry or a, a Fife or a, 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 an Ablett, someone like that. Um, but you've just got to be wary because um, keep an eye on the Doc Supercoach uh, Super Facebook page for the live scores at the end of uh, each quarter because, you know, for example, captaincy on Rockcliffe, um, Dan Hanabry has the vice captain. Um, you can actually um, check uh, at halftime or something like that if they're doing any good and you can switch that captaincy onto a good player so um that's it. yeah and that's because um gold coast and sydney play at pretty similar times so um, um Sim- uh, sydney and gws kick off at four thirty-five. okay yep and gold coast and carlton um kick off 725. at seven twenty-five. so yeah it'll be pretty much the end of the game okay of the Sydney VC game. into C, VC yeah, so, from Hannah's into C, Ablett. Yeah, exactly. For those those that have like a Callum Ward or a, a Hanabry or a JPK or a Mitchell or someone like that, you can put the VC on them, have the captaincy on Rockcliffe because he's at the, at the end of the round. And if Hanabry knocks out 130, you know our rule on the one, 130 plus, you take it, yeah. um, which I did with Dusty Martin last week, nice. um, which I was happy with. Low risk, it's the smart play. But if he's no good, you know, you've got um, Gaz and Fife, you know, towards the end of that round and, you know, you can just chuck a seat. You can choose between them, you know. That's it. You know, um, and the thing is, uh, I'll just run through some numbers here. Um, Fife averages 128 on the Eagles, okay, and he averages 123 at Patterson Stadium. And in last week in a loss, he had three goals, 34 touches, you know. So this is the Brownlow medalist. He's back 157 last week. You know, don't discount him. Um, I've got uh, Ablett here. He averages 110 on the Blues, even though he hasn't played them since 2013. And last week, all of of Sydney's um, starting midfielders, the Hanabrys um, and these kind of guys, racked up 26-plus touches each. 
Gee whiz. You know, so um, Carlton aren't that lockdown midfielding group anymore. And the thing is, they're playing at Metricon. Where do you want to have a guess? You want to have a, a guess what uh, Gaz averages at Metricon? Just, yeah. just have a guess. I know you don't know it. Uh, 125. 151 he averages at Metricon. <laughs> and he's coming up against Carl. This is a perfect, perfect opportunity to get Gaz's massive, massive score that he puts out. Jump on him. What, um, what other options have you got there for the week? Uh, so Goldstein last year put up 155 against Max Gorn. Obviously the... Uh, um, D's bouncing back from their loss to Essendon last week. Um, he uh, also averages 119 at Blundstone Arena, so he's an obvious uh, captain option. Dangerfield averages only 101 against the Lions, only 106 at Simmons Stadium. But, you know, with their lack of midfield depth and Dangerfield getting that extra um, kind of cover in the midfield with um, the likes of Selwood, Duncan, if he comes back, these kind of guys, he's just going to tear it up. I don't see him having two down weeks in a row. Um, That's it. Pendlebury, 127 average against the Saints, averages 117 at the MCG. The only thing for me about Pendles is looking at his heat map over the first two games, I think he's had four possessions in the forward half. Wow. He, we were all worried about him dropping in price because he was going to play that back-sweeping role. And we mentioned this in the pre-season podcast. We have some statistics to back that up now. He is definitely playing that halfback quarterback. Yep, that's it. Okay. Um, and, and the thing is, the first three um, quarters last week when they were losing to the Tigers... He played halfback. As soon as they the game was on the line, he attended 10 centre bounces in a row. Wow. So, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's got that back-sweeping role against the Saints, which they should probably win without him being in the centre. I can see him being that, that you know, that back um, quarterback role. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, he's impacted like that a little bit. Yep, um, that's it. Yeah, Han- um, Hannah's... Um, only averages one, uh, sorry, uh, 91 against GWS, but he averages 127 at, at S- the SCG, coming off 120-odd last week. Um, Prittis averages 136 at Patterson, but only 92 against Frio, so that's one to look out for. And my sneaky one for this week, this is a really good captaincy um, pick on my perspective. Particularly, he's a great VC option because he plays in the first game of the round. That's Robbie Gray. Yeah, he's been killing it this year. Yeah. Wouldn't go wrong. Exactly. He's coming off back-to-back mid-120s. He only averages 101 against the Dons, but he averages 125 at Adelaide Oval. And, you know, in two big losses, two first game was a close game, second game was a massive loss. He still has averaged 120 across two rounds. So coming up against the Bombers at home, where he averages 125 at Adelaide Oval, he is a perfect, perfect VC option if you've got him. That's it. Cheezo, your segment. It ain't easy being cheesy. All right, guys, uh, just elaborating on some of the uh, the trade talk that we've been happening so far, just want to highlight some break-evens. These are the players that you need, okay, if you don't have them. So we've already talked about the likes of uh, Sam Kerridge. He's got a minus uh, 110 break-even. Um, he's currently averaging 96. He's going to go up 70K this week. Got to have him in. Uh, ben Kennedy, a lot of people questioning Ben Kennedy. I was big on him in the preseason. I hope you've been listening to it because he's going to go up 75K this weekend with a, ne- a negative break-even of 108, and he's averaging 110 from wow. a rookie. 
You know, like um, if anything you take away that sometimes you've just got to, if you don't know enough about a player, you just trust the experts. Hey? I'm not calling That's us experts, it. but we know enough about these guys that you can trust us. Okay, Ben Kennedy is smashing it. And people saying that Petrarca is going to push him out when Petrarca comes in. No bloody way. You seeing? Have you seen how good this guy is? They were literally putting the game on Ben Kennedy's back last week. Exactly. He almost drew him back into the game, kicking two absolute ripping goals. That one from 50 from an intercept mark to keep him, I think that put him six points up or something like that. Yeah. You know, the super coach goal. The, uh, the two guys I want to highlight, Tom Papley, yep. Marcus Adams. He's a, they're both, I think they're both musts this week. Yeah. That if you do not have them, I, d- I don't like saying must have, but these guys here are must haves. I think, yeah, definitely. Adams, to me, is a definite must-have. Yep. Um, Papley, he's a must-have at the moment, but I think he could uh, lose his role at some stage this year. Yeah, but the the thing is for me, when you're finishing a super coach team, we start with $10 million or something like that, you generally only need to get to twelve and a half or $3 million. So if you've got 30 trades, do the maths, you need to make a hundred grand off each trade, let's just say. Really yep. easy. Tom Papley this week, negative break-even 148, okay? He's got a current average of 107, which he's probably not going to keep up, okay? But even if he gets 70 this week, let's just say he gets 70, it's a good estimate, he still goes up 75,000 in a week. Yeah, crazy. Okay? If he goes 70 the following week, he goes up another 50,000. Yeah, Okay. You know, this guy, this is a guy that if he gets three more games... Okay, and even Gary Rowan, if he does come in and he goes back on the rookie list, three games, he's going to make you minimum 150k. That's it. Yeah. Okay, this is this is a guy you need to jump on. That's it. Agreed. Same um, with Marcus Adams. If you don't have him, get on him. He's going to go up 100k real quick, real quick. Agreed. For, you know, he he's not going to miss games. He's going to play the next six games and go up 300k like that. Agreed. That's uh. Uh, very solid, very solid. Yeah. Um, Obviously, um, j- you can jump onto the drsupercoach.com website and check out all the break-evens from the relevant players that you need to have a look at. Um, on the negative side of things, um, people that are getting traded out, but I don't think you really you should be jumping the gun, um, Sammy Jacobs, 208 break-even, going to drop 50K this week. Davey Mundy, 204 Break even, going to drop 40K. He's sure, my boy. He's my sure. boy as well. Sorry. He's sure. Break even of 200. He's going to drop 40K. Even Toddy Goldstein for all those mid-price rook runners that are looking for Goldstein to drop price. He's got a break even of 192. He's going to drop 30K. Um, even Fife with his 157 last week, still got 180 break even. He's probably going to drop 20K, 30K. And bloody Barlow, 179 break-even. He's going to drop. Bloody Barlow. He's going to drop so much money so quick. So <laughs> you've just got you've got to make a choice whether you're keeping him. Because if yeah. you're not keeping him, you've got to get him out this week. But yeah, jump over to Dr. Supercoach website, break-evens, have a look. That's where you find where all the money's uh, highlighted and exactly those players that you need to go for. That's it. Um, this week, guys, we've had... A absolute ton of reviews and everything like uh, on on the iTunes you've been subscribing and um, yeah very extremely grateful we've received so many emails I think we've received around 30 or 20 20 emails of um, 
just teams and asking for reviews and everything like that. We picked the most interesting one from our perspective and um, it's from one of our good listeners, Jackson Jacoby. He's been a long time long time supporter of the page. Yeah, thanks Jacko for the submission. Now I'll go through his team pretty quickly. Um, he's currently, after he's made trades this round, he's currently sitting with 27 trades left. Mm-hmm. His defense is Heath Shaw, Rory Laird, Cade Simpson, Matty D, Michael Hartley, Marcus Adams, McDonald, Tippett and Woody, and Tom Ruggles. Midfield, Matt, Nat Fife, Paddy Dangerfield, Gary Ablett, Robbie Gray, Sam Mitchell, Brad Crouch, Callum Mills, Sam Kerridge, with a bench of Menadju, Hewitt and Davis. His rucks, Goldstein, Nat Nui, with a loophole option of Wyatt from Collingwood on the bench. And forwards, Michael Barlow, Lance Franklin, Aaron Hall, Daniel Wells, Ben Kennedy, Tom Papley, McCarthy, and Mitch Brown. What are your instant thoughts? Um, can we go back a couple of weeks so I can download this team? That's what I thought. I looked at it and I thought, in the preseason, I would have looked at that and gone, oh, no, nah, playing three rookies on field in the back line. Yeah. Um, you know, playing playing a couple of rookies and then crouch on the field in the fo- in the midfield. It's, it's going to be risky. But all these guys have been so solid. And Sh- Shaw, Laird and Simpson, you don't have to move those guys. Mm-hmm. Five Danger, Ablett, Gray, Sammy Mitchell... You don't have to touch those guys for the rest of the year. Barlow, iffy, but you might be able to leave him there. Franklin, Hall, Wells, I like those guys as an inclusion. Yeah, this guy is pretty set. Um, the the only real, real issue that I can see is that there's been three trades burnt already, but you can, you can tell that the quality of the team, you would have had to do a couple of trades to get him. He's got the perfect rookies. Um, he's got everything that you need to have on a side. The, I'm seeing one glaring, like it's just smacking me in the face. Like I cannot believe you've Mitchell. overlooked this. No, no, no. Where's Libba? Oh, what did I do? Where is Tom Liberatore? Right. <sighs> I didn't notice this. You know, I, I have to strongly suggest I I believe he brought did he bring Mitchell in for like a Tommy Rockley for someone this week yeah I think Sammy Mitchell I think he did yeah I think I saw a question on the page um, what do we think about Sammy Mitchell um, I don't know his trades that he has but my for example if you have a Tommy Rockley and you want to go to someone I wouldn't be going to a Sammy Mitchell I wouldn't be going to um, these kind of players a Joel Silwood nothing like that I would be going straight for Libba. Yeah, exactly. Save you're you, get the bank, same. Yeah. So but you're going to get a 110 plus output for the year. He, This is a guy that's averaged 110, not once over a season, twice over a season. He's back to his best. He's averaging 115 so far this season. He's about to go up 100K in price like that. This, yeah. this, is, this is a good move. Like If you're trading in that midfield, I wouldn't be getting a Sammy Mitchell in. You know, the, the, he's just chasing points. Sammy Mitchell's gone 150 or, you know, 140 and 130, like, back-to-back. You you need to be um, kind of looking more in-depth. And I think that going to uh, from a Rocky to a Libba... See, that's where I would trade Rocky if I didn't have Liver, but I already do. 
Liber is someone that could end up being a keeper. At the very, very, very worst, he would be your M8. And that is if everything goes well. That's it. And um, I think this week he did, he went from Gresham to Papley, which not a bad move in my opinion. I think I made the same trade. Um, But then, yeah, Rockcliffe to Sammy Mitchell. So look at that Sammy Mitchell. You can make... That's an overspend. He can save himself. Like 300K, can't you? Yeah, he can save himself $200,000 to have another premium mid straight from Tommy Rockliffe. See, the, the, if you're going to ta- trade a Tommy Rockliffe, you need to get something out of it. It's That's not just it. a straight swap, okay? You need to get, you need to find value. You need something that's, by the time Tommy Rockliffe comes back and you want to get him in, he'll drop to, say, four 450. But you've got a Tom Liberatore that's come from 320000 or whatever it was, 350000 up to a 600000 that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars you've banked. That's a cup you know, that you know, we're talking about that hundred dollar hundred thousand dollars per trade. You know, that's, that's a big positive. That's a big stack of cash in your back pocket the you know, he's already, you know, building that war chest. If he has three hundred thousand because he's already got fifty thousand in his salary cap and he he puts two fifty on top of that, man, you know, this team is gonna be set. Exactly right, um, and it's it just in the right position to really make a, a hard tilt. And just looking at his team, I I, I would dare to say that he's top ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, very very good position. I um agree with that. Mitchell instead of Mitchell, go to Libba. Yeah, um, that about wraps up the review. Thanks for all your reviews that have um been submitted to our iTunes podcast. If you want to submit them, we'll be going through them each week. Don't worry about if you've sent one through already. You can send it through again. That doesn't matter. We'll we'll keep going through them. Uh, yep. Obviously, your team changes all year. So, um, yeah, we'll get you. We'll probably get you on a podcast at some stage. So, thanks for Jackson to. Oh, thanks to Jackson for the inclusion there. Yeah, and we're just loving the positivity that comes through. Like just the comments that we're hearing from this whole team review thing, and um, just getting like uh, some actual thoughts out loud from other people assessing guys' teams that they've worked so hard over the preseason to construct. It's um, just the, the feedback we're getting is great. So, you know, keep sending those questions in before the pod. Keep sending those teams in with questions for us to help answer for you because, you know, guys, we, we, you know, we don't get paid for this. We love just helping out and talking super coach, and I could do it for bloody hours, which we probably already have anyway. Yep, over now. All the work's going over now. Yeah, let's jump through a few uh, questions on the Doc Supercoach page. Uh, first question, hey, Doc, thoughts on keeping Sam Mitchell and Barlow? Also, do you think Aaron Hall and JJ from the Dogs can keep up their massive averages? Cheers, Zach Malone. All right, Zach, uh, I'm going to hand you over to Houston because uh, he's the one that solves all our problems. That's me. Um, So it was thoughts on keeping Sam Jacobs and Barlow. Mm. So um, do you think Aaron Hall and JJ from the Dogs can keep up their massive averages? So So there's there's two separate questions. We'll start with the first one. Sam Jacobs and Barlow, who are you keeping and why? I'm keeping Barlow because I think he's got the potential to um, to get back to what you thought he may have been at the start of the year. Yep. I think Jacobs has always been a risky pick due to the draw that they have mm-hmm. all year because they finished so high last year. Yep. Um, they've lost danger, and that's you get a lot of um, you get a lot of points obviously from tap outs to advantage, and you've lost one of those. You, you just watch danger through the pack every time, and he just he sweeps up the ball so. I think he's going to lose a fair few points from that. So if you can get him across to somebody, 
I um I wouldn't be against it. I don't I don't I don't mean to burn a trade straight away, but if you're worried about him, you can always move him on. He's yep. doing yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah, you can keep him all year. He'll probably be a solid option, but I and, think there may be a better option. Yeah, and for Sam Jacobs, he has the highest break. You know, you're worried about the Tom Rockliffs, the Nat Fives, the Michael Barlows. Sam Jacobs has the highest break even of anyone in the comp. He's only averaging 69 as a premier ruckman and he's projected to drop $50,000 this week. And the thing is, you're picking Jacobs because you think he's going to come out of the box and be a top three ruckman. You know, you've got Goldstein, you've got Nat Nui, you've got Stefan Martin, um, you've got Maxi Gorn, you've got Aaron Sanderlands. You know, I don't see the reason to have Sam Jacobs. You can go, you can literally, um, I think you can go straight across to um, Nick Natanui and make some money. Yeah, that that's what I would be doing if I had Sam Jacobs and at, at this stage. I don't, you know, he obviously gets more points for spoon-feeding the inside mids and stuff like that. With Danger Gorn, I don't see that happening. He's obviously going to improve, but he's always been that second-tier good ruckman. He's a good player, but I don't see him being a top three ruck, which is what you need at R1 and R2. You need to pick two of the top three. That's it. Um, Aaron Hall... Uh, he's currently averaging 126. To answer that, no, I do not think he can keep that average up, but I do think he would be able to average plus 105. Yeah. Um, I think that he'll be a good solid keeper for the rest of the year, so that's a pretty simple one. Joe Hannison, I think we discussed him a little bit earlier. I, he's not going to be able to keep up with how he's going. Same sort of deal as Aaron Hall. Yeah. I think he might drop quite a bit more than Aaron Hall, though. I think we're a reasonable... Um, average for the rest of the year for Johannesson is probably about 90 to 100. Yeah. And and the thing is, last season we did see Hall have his role change and become that that pure midfielder that just racked the pill up and did everything, tackled, kicked goals, all that kind of thing. He did it through the preseason, following on from last year, and he's done it at the start of this year, following on all that. We have enough evidence now to say that this guy is the real deal. Yep, that's so, it. And this is where I differ from those that are saying that JJ's a must. He's never shown... he, You know, prior to this season, he's only ever scored one ton. Yeah. Yeah, I can't... Yeah. I've looked at... There's been a lot of people trading him in and it... Yeah. It kind of... Um, chasing the car. Another, another thing, chasing the car. Exactly right. And I think that one of those things is... Like you're chasing points, obviously, but you're you're burning a trade. You're following the pack. This could be the move that separates you from the pack. There, there's a lot of people that are trading him in this week, and this could be that move that I guess um, yeah gives you gives you a little bit of an advantage if he starts going south. So I don't think he's going to be terrible this year. He just hasn't showed the any ability in the past to be a consistently good super coach asset. Yeah. So in his past three years, he's averaged 74, 67, and 67. And then out of the blocks, he in the preseason, he got 109, then 132. And then everyone was like, oh, this guy's pretty interesting. But the thing is, previous to this year, he's been a lockdown defender. He hasn't been a running defender. Yep. So role whether it, yeah, whether it, he's obviously had that role change, whether he keeps that same role being someone that's trained as a lockdown defender, small defender is interesting. But the thing is, if he's going to be that damaging off the back line, it's different to a midfielder, okay? Because That's a it. midfielder runs after the ball, Oz kick style, and just gets it and runs and goes to the other end and gets the ball and runs. And Whereas someone that's designated as your premier get-out option, 
and be really elite by foot and really run and dash. Like if you if you saw that um that bit of footage from the weekend where he, he picked the ball up and just sped past um his opponent and and hit um string a lace out in the forward fifty. Just think about where he got that ball. The ball was coming over his head and he was just outside the defensive fifty. You saying bolt over there? Mm. Bloody hell. Um next that's uh next question that I can see on this. I've got one um, Doc, I've been tossing and turning all night thinking, should I get rid of Duncan for Zaharakis or Yo for Johannesson? Both break-evens are huge. I already swapped Rockliffe for Parker. Um, first thoughts on this from my end is Duncan for Zaharakis. I don't mind it. I think Zach will be pretty good this year. I think he's yeah. going to be Essendon's top scorer along mm-hmm. with, um, uh, what's his name? That bloody little guy. Oh, Merritt. Along with merit, <laughs> um, and Yo for Johannesson, very very sideways trade. Yeah, uh, don't. It's 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 a mid pricer to a mid pricer, and neither of them have enough evidence to say that it's worth trading one or the other. If you're going from Johannesson to Yo, it's just as tricky. Yo, like, Johannesson. Yeah. Yo. And the thing is, Duncan is a jet. He's he's going to come back. He got knocked out by the greatest tackle of all time. He, he was actually, I think he was declared dead at the scene um, <laughs> after that. I think Bruce, I don't even know if Bruce was commentating, but he would have asked a rhetorical question. How's he going to get back from that, eh? Yeah, and the the thing is that Duncan hasn't been dropped for this round. Yeah. So. You know, he, he doesn't have concussion. He got knocked around a little bit. He's going to be fine for this week. The thing with Zaharakis for me is, can he keep scoring 130s in a team that's, consistently losing I know Rockliffe has done it for one season Ablett's done it for half his life but yep. Ablett and Zaharakis are completely different players that's it you know and you're picking Zaharakis if you're trading him in you know you're not picking him in for the money he's going to make because he's not going to make enough you're picking him because you want him as a top 8 midfielder in your, your midfield and I don't see him being in that group that averages 110 for the year where there's a, a blanket of them that's it um by the way these questions that one was from ricky d so ricky thanks d. for the question ricky d um there's one more i think i think this will be our last one but um there this is from liam david now he says i'm wrapped with my rookies have all playing and scoring well the problems with my premiums Usually this usually would back them in, but so many underperforming this year. Who to keep, who to trade out. Heath Shaw, Michael Barlow, Max Gorn, Tom Rockcliffe, Todd Goldstein, Ollie Wines, Scott Pendlebury. Glaringly obvious one would be uh, Rockcliffe to me, but I don't think that I would go trading out any of them if I Why had Why are you trading any of them, Liam? Yeah, yeah. I don't, like, you don't need to trade a premium. If you say... If you say you're wrapped with your rookies, and then save you've, your trades. Yeah, if yeah, you're that, just, if you've got that many good trades up your sleeve, get rid of Rockley for someone. You don't you need to. If just you've got Goldstein bloody, and Gorn yeah. as your your ruckman, just hold them. Why yeah. would you trade out either of them? If you've got Heath Shaw, he's underperforming, but you know he's going to bounce back. The first game he had 33 touches, but it was his his um, efficiency that let him down. He'd be fine. Yep. Mark Abalo, we've already touched on. We're going to keep him for the reasons that we've already explained. You can agree or disagree. I wouldn't be getting rid of him. Ollie Wines is going to be an absolute jet. He's averaging 100 for the year, which is what he's priced at. He can only go up. I wouldn't be getting rid of him. And you've got Scott Pendlebury, which we have concerns about his role, but 
he showed on the weekend that he could bounce back when the game matters and he put, he put up 125 or something like that. And he averages 127 against the Saints and 120 at the MCG. So why would you trade him out before this round? To Pendlebury. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, um, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're wrapped with your rookies and you've got those premiums and that's your biggest worry, just sit on your hands for a little bit, log out of Supercoach so you don't get itchy and want to trade someone. At this point in time, it's about generating those cash because these are our premiums. They're going to bounce back. That's it. Okay. I agree. We've all um, Houston and, and and I have been talking to each other for so long, the last couple of weekends, about this premium not going well and this premium not going well because we, I've, me personally, I've picked every single one of them that just has seemed to underperform. That's it. Me you too. Know? And the thing is, people were the I I picked up Dusty, and the thing is. Dusty Martin had a shocking first game, but you know he still had 24 touches and he, he kicked, he like kicked a goal. Like he, he was still there and thereabouts, and everyone was jumping off him and they were sideways and him to haul. What does he do next week? He comes out with 134 and shows you exactly what kind of play he is. You got to back these premiums in. You pick them as premiums for a reason. That's it, and this okay. it, it will separate you. It will separate you from the. the it'll separate the professionals from the rookies this week. Uh, if you. If you go and trade out um, premiums like like mentioned Goldstein, uh, Shaw, Pendlebury, any of those guys, you've just yeah you, you're not your making freaking mind. Move. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you you're declaring yourself a rookie for the rest of the year, Doctor Supercoach. If the doc, I know the doc's always in his clinic, but he would be having an absolute aneurysm if he knew you were trading <laughs> any of those guys out. So yeah, leave those ones alone. <laughs> <laughs> Come you see like me, one, I'll Jack. do your CT so I can see which one you've popped. Yeah, cheese, eh? Come on, talk yeah. about mate. All right, boys. That pretty much wraps it up. Thanks for being on the podcast again there, Houston. Wrap to have you on here, mate. Anytime, buddy. All yeah. good. Good. I'll see you same time next Thursday for the next podcast. Guys, don't forget to uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes. It helps us out an absolute ton, gets that exposure out, gets us... keeps us motivated to keep putting out quality content and getting these uh, podcasts out twice a week and it just it makes it all worth it getting that feedback from guys that are you know take time out of their day to genuinely say that they enjoy listening to the podcast and just us blabber on for ages about something that we're so <laughs> passionate about so you know That's keep it. sending those those ratings and, and subscribe and likes and comments on the page team reviews it's all coming back we've got new articles next week the break evens will be updated the fringe guys you'll get a little uh, insight to whether Petrarca's coming in next week or the week after Oh, it's bloody exciting times, Houston. I'm happy with it. That's it. And uh, don't forget to Monday. Monday our podcast comes out. Um, that'll be well, the the other guys in the group will be doing the podcast there. So uh, make sure you tune in with the wrap-up for the weekend. All right, guys. That's pretty much it from us. Uh, legends, we'll see you next week. See you, guys. <laughs>